Hello and welcome back to the Blues Talk podcast. I'm here with Sam from um, Twitter. Hiya. Uh, today's episode, we'll be talking briefly about the new kit that's been released, the new home kit, and the majority of this episode, we'll be talking about the uh, unpopular given. Um, sorry, the unpopular opinions given you by you guys. So to start off with the kit, so the, the kit was released this Friday, last Friday, and it's had mixed opinions. Personally, I enjoy I enjoy it. I think the collar does add some sort of class to it and culture, in my opinion. Obviously, the collar does bring mixed opinions. It's obviously got a few red a red strip on the side, which obviously is the colour of Southampton, but we've also got red here, haven't we? So it's not too bad. But what are your thoughts on it, Sam? It's a lot better than... It does seem a lot better than last year's. I think, personally, I'm not a fan of the red on the shoulders from last year's kit. Um hence first year buying the away kit or third kit um but yeah the, it looks a lot better this year I, i'm a massive fan of the white collar uh i had the old retro white collar um from when it first came out uh, it, my mum brought, bought it and then she had it and passed it on to me and i love the white collar um yeah, it, it's just a solid kit. I think it's a lot of resemblance to Brighton's kit. Yeah. But uh, you can't. You, it's what you get when you're with Nike and and Adidas. The big, you know, you get the little kind of similarities to other kits that are from the same sponsor. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think it's Birmingham. They've got pretty much exactly the same kit as us, which is kind of annoying. I saw it yesterday and. The kit is literally identical to us other than it's Birmingham and their sponsor. But on a whole, I do enjoy it. I think the pattern as well, the diamonds the, in, the, in the actual colour, it's just nice, I think. And then obviously, I don't know if you've seen the um, kit numbers and design from the EFL this year, but personally, I think that will ruin the kit a bit because it just doesn't really suit the sort of actual kit we have. It's sort of the, the, the numbers and design that the EFL have given us, it's sort of like a really modern font. It's like split up modern font, but... This is sort of a kind yeah. of an, old, an oldish kit, so I don't know how well it'll work on the kit. But either way, I think this is our best kit in a few in a few years. I think personally, I think it's the best one since the um, promotion, the League Two promotion. That that was my favourite kit. Yeah, in the past few years, I think obviously I, the good memories with it as well. I think I, I liked our first kit in, the, in, in, our, in our first season in League One when we were still under Sondica. I really liked that kit. It had the Porsche crest on the side, which at the start did look a bit tacky, but I thought it, grew, it grew with me and I really did like it. Yeah. So obviously um, we saw... Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like the kits last year, last year's kit was, like I say, it was a bit naff with the red. Mm. Um yeah, I think all the Sondico kits we've had up and since we've really come down to League Two and the Sondico kits have been progressively getting better and better. And then as soon as we get our best couple, they've sacked it off and gone to Nike. So it's a bit of a shame, but mm. money in, at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's just, it obviously Nike's more better quality, so you do sort of gain the quality of obviously Sondico wasn't the best quality, but... We're, we did sort of we gained quality of going like we lost sort of originality and uniqueness yeah and so obviously we still got our way on fair kits to come out um there's no news as to when that those will come out hopefully soon because might as well get them all done with quickly hopefully 
only bright spark with, with Kenny still in charge. <laughs> Hopefully I wake it's better because personally I hated the grey kit. I thought it was very boring. I thought it was just dull. We always and I think it's very biased to the fact that our waveform was terrible as to why I just like the away kit, but I just didn't like yeah. the grey. And I wasn't a massive fan of the purple. I like I love the black third kit we had, um the eighteen nineteen season. I thought it was a very smart kit. Yeah. I think I like the sentiment behind the purple with obviously being sponsored by the by the um university, but it doesn't it doesn't suit for a port for a, not even just a Portsmouth kit, for a kit mm. for most teams in general. It's not not the best colour. Yeah, I was very surprised when I first saw it. I think I was just out and I looked at my phone and saw it, I was like, What the hell is this? <laughs> I, I didn't like it at first, but I mean it, it kind of grew on me, but it's just still I would I would never have thought buying it or Never really looked at it and thought oh, that's nice. But. It didn't. It didn't have much of a run out, other than the only game that I can remember that we wore it was the Doncaster away where Harrison went wins it with the header. I mean, oh, we also wore it against Alcatraz, which we lost four one with another Harrison header. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a game to remember. No. <laughs> but anyway, going back, going to unpopular opinions now. I've got them on my on my phone. So excuse me for going on my phone. Start off with the Instagram ones. So. R.Tideway says that he thinks Ben Close is better than McGeehan. Personally, I don't think that's such an unpopular opinion, but what do you think? I personally, I I do like Close, obviously being a Portsmouth lad growing up and coming through the academy. He has a special place within a lot of fans' opinion mm. of where he should be playing. But, I mean, I personally think I rate McGeehan slightly higher. Yeah. In terms of quality, but but close, obviously having years on him can get to that level, if not better. I think I got close on the back of my show. If you can see it, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I, do, I, I do. I do. I rate Ben Close, but he does have a lot of games where he is at the passenger, and I think that's not normal. I don't think that's formally his fault. I think we play it because of Kelly Jacket's play style, which we all know and love. <laughs> um, it's. Hoofball, so that doesn't suit Ben Close at all. He's he, he's more of a passer. He's got a good passing range. Obviously, he's amazing at shooting, but I think his style of play doesn't suit Kenny Jacket's system. I think so. I think under Paul Cook, Ben Close started to play well. He he had a good game. With, he he wasn't really a passenger as much as he is now. So I think if we played a different play style, I think Close can be a top top player. But at the moment, I think McGinn pips him at the moment. Yeah, I am. McGee and I think is one of on his day can be a better box to box midfielder at the moment than close can because you can't have two sitting or you can't have Naylor sitting just in front of the defence and have close being a deep line playmaker trying to supply balls through with without having another extra man up there because we all know Canning likes to get into the box. The wingers cut inside and get into the box. Mm. John Sometimes has to drop deep. Ellis drops deep, so you need another midfit, one of the two midfielders that are supposed to be holding to go up with them and then come back when on the defensive duty. Which mm. McGeehan sometimes is a little bit slow to get back, but definitely helps us a lot going forward. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, and then moving on, Aidan Horton says the Marquis is actually a good striker, and people just give him a stick for no reason. Um, I don't disagree with that. He's a good striker. We've seen that, obviously, for Doncaster. Yeah. It's just whether or not it's our system or not that's caused him to have a bit of problems at Portsmouth. But 
I don't think that's such an unpopular opinion where people will drop them off in shock. Mm, I, I think it's a tough one because I think he sometimes does deserve a little bit of stick considering the money we spent on him to come in. We needed a goal scorer to come in and start bagging. And two mil plus, apparently, it was last year. Yeah. Just hasn't quite hit the ground running. Obviously, yeah, like you said, the system pro- very much doesn't suit him. He he needs to be the focal point, not the target man that Jacket likes to play. So he he could have scored more goals, but then again, like you say, the system it it, mm. it swings and roundabouts. He hasn't had too bad of a season. I think he's got fourteen in all competitions, but obviously he scored twenty five consistently with Doncaster it's just wondering what, what went wrong obviously yeah and then Henry Burrell says if Ben Close is another Ben Close one if Ben Close was more consistent he'll be one of our best players I, I agree with that I completely agree with that we've talked about that yeah. enough to, to point to justify that I think that's reasonable again not too much of an unpopular opinion but it's definitely a controversial one like that yeah I mean he's on the ball one of the best in the squad currently Providing we don't bring in someone better. Yeah, definitely. And Brad Davis says that next season our midfield will be strong with Morris, Naylor, Close, and McGeehan if we could get him. Um, we we need to see more of Morris before we could um, judge that. Naylor, obviously, I, I love Naylor. He's consistent, I think. Close again, we've mentioned that he can have his days. Or not and if we could get McGeehan, I think that'll be a really good a really good signing. I so, think that's one of the most balanced in the division. In terms of midfield, I think you've got McGee in a, yeah. a good box to box. You've got Morris, who, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of, but when we have seen him, I remember the South End game before he got injured. Goal, mm. he, he got a goal, and up until he got he came off, we were quite all right defensively, and obviously shipped three goals after he came off. Yep. Yes. Got close, who's very good passer of the ball. We've got Naylor, who's a very good break. Breaks the d- attacks down brilliantly and is one of the best defensive midfielders in the division. So mm, I definitely agree with that. Okay, and then we move on to the Twitter. Um, Twitter of popular opinions. I think we've got a few interesting ones here. Uh, Andrew Fleet says that Lee Brown is a good player and the atmosphere is overrated. Westwood is a decent bloke, and the lager on the tap on the concourse doesn't taste awful. <laughs> so let's break that down. So he thinks Lee. So Lee Brown's a good player. Um, He's a good player. His crossing ability is what lets him down. He's a good, yeah. solid defensive player. I, not... I personally rate Lee Brown quite a lot. I, I think he's one of the better left left backs in the division. But like you say, the crossing ability isn't there. And you see when Seddon comes in, mm. the balls that he supplied. Oh, I don't think Seddon is as good defensively. He gets a lot up a lot. You know, he's a bit like Robert. A bit like a League One Robertson at Liverpool, you know, gets up the field, gets good crosses in, except he doesn't quite come back quick enough. Whereas Brownie, obviously, where he does go up, he may not get the best ball in, but he does buy him time to get back. So, yeah, definitely agree with that. I think Brown is a more defensive choice, so I think I'm more solidly. And I actually, I, I respect, um, for once, I respect Jacket's decision to play in the playoffs because I think we did need that defensive security. And then seven in turned out didn't have a great game anyway. And then Andrew Fleet also said that the atmosphere is overrated. I could agree with that. I, recently, anyway, I think 
we are living in the past where atmosphere has been great and it's i think it has died down a tiny bit nonetheless it is a good atmosphere but it's only really good atmosphere for the important games like southampton or yeah. against arsenal where we sh- where we actually showed that we had a great atmosphere in league games it's a bit not it's not there anymore i think i think i think that's partially down to you know the way we play and the start and the entertainment that we get from jacket ball um yeah it doesn't help the atmosphere and especially now it seems to be the i think the atmosphere when we first get back into the stadium is going to be a lot better than it has been but i think it's going to be a lot of because we want them out and we want yeah it's going to be a lot of jacket out chance and i mean it's i mean the, the scum game and the arsenal game I, I was there for both i mean um I mean, we didn't sit down for the scum game. It was you couldn't you couldn't hear yourself, and the Arsenal game it was it was. I think we turn up when the cameras are there. The fans, yeah, yeah. atmosphere when the cam- cameras are there, we get going. I think mm. on a normal match day, I mean, it's you don't get a full full sellout for Southend at home. You know, yeah, it's not the same. Sad to say, but I think it's the realistic truth at the moment. But hopefully it can pick up again but well, i think i think it just is partially down towards the division we're in i think you don't want to come again some fans that may not be as loyal won't want to come to games like south end at home like accrington at home whereas if we're in in the premier league championship it's a lot more competitive fans will want to come to every game and because it's you're getting a lot more for what your money's worth at that point i think coming to a game like Scum at uh, um, Sunderland at home, for example, probably worth more than what you would have paid for it on a, on a normal match day. In yeah. terms of the atmosphere, the actual football going on, the occasion. Whereas you come to a South End at home, it's just it's not as appealing. It's just yeah. not as appealing, is it? And then Andrew Fleet also says that Westwood is a decent bloke. Um, obviously, Westwood's a controversial one. I. I personally like him as to, as to what he does, as in like how he is a he is kind of one of the philosophies of Porter. If he br- does bring out the atmosphere, he does help a lot of that. But obviously, he is a bit of a maybe a raging alcoholic. He smells <laughs> and he doesn't treat fans well. Obviously, he's controversial. But what do you think? I mean, personally, I've had I've had no experience of Westwood being in the north. I've north stand throughout my whole life. I've, I've never gone, never been in the frat and end. It's something I would want to do at some point, but. I've never had an experience. All I can hear is the belt, the cowbell and the drums and everything. So I, but I can't have an opinion on him. I haven't met the bloke. So yeah, it's it's a controversial one. In terms of what he does for the atmosphere, he's brilliant for the club. And finally, for this guy's opinions, he says the live on the tap and the concourse doesn't taste awful. Uh, Personally, I haven't experienced it. I've I've had a few drinks there, but only bottled beers, not, um, Lager, not a bottle, I don't know, but not a lager. I haven't had it on the tap anyway, so I'm not, I haven't got too much of an opinion on that. But yeah, I'm, I'm not a lager person either, I'm more of a cider personally. So, yeah, oh, then next one's from you actually. If, <laughs> if, if Kenny has the right players, fear system would win the league. Um, I agree with that. I think, in terms of what we were looking for last summer, is we wanted a goal scoring target man. We had Ollie Hawkins the season before target man he couldn't quite score the goals you get in a target man who can score goals I think he bags 
at least 20 in the system we play. We create a lot of chances. Mm. You've got Curtis cutting on, in off the left. We had Lowe cutting in off the right. We've now got Harness. We've got, all right, Williams is more of a defensive option, but he does get forward sometimes. Cannon, I think, is, if he's not on it, which he is quite often, but obviously not quite a goal scorer, we've always got Evans as a backup. Mm. You've got Naylor. You've got close tech. We had McGeehan. We still could have McGeehan. I think the only thing that we're now lacking currently, if we don't get if we don't get McGeehan in, is a centre half. I think right back was sorted. Left back, I think Brownie can do a job for this division if we are going to give him the one year extension, which is apparently what has been reported. Looks likely, yeah. If we do, if we do get a centre half, which Raggett's been training with the squad today because they uh, first mm. day back training. We need someone to partner Agate, potentially what more, potentially someone else coming in. Yeah. Monster has been reported as well around. I think those rumours have been false, though, unfortunately. I think I they've been I'm... fake. But yeah, I'd like to see him come in. I think we've got the best two keep, one of the best two keepers in the, in the division. I mean, Bassey's yeah. great. If we can keep hold of him and not let him go to Middlesbrough Palace, that would be a big, big deal. Yeah. And we've got Big Mac as well, who's I, I think is the best keeper now in the division. Now McLaughlin's left Sunderland. Yeah, but definitely. I, I think, obviously, all Pommy fans want Jacket to try a 4 4 2. And I generally think if we, kept, if we kept Hawkins and played him next to Marquis, then I think it, using. It would Haw- give Marquis a bit more freedom. Yeah, and it could give Hawkins the opportunity just to lay off to um, Marquis, then. Bag in, it'll be a scrappy goal, but a goal is a goal. Who cares? And to everyone that yeah. says, Oh, Marcus is crappy and he scores tappens, who gives a damn if he scores tappens or if he scores worldies? It's a goal. Goals. A goal's a goal. Like, who cares? Okay, and then Martin Smith says, Kelly Jacket is the man to take us to the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. It was, uh, I mean, with that opinion, it was okay until it got to the last two, two words. Um, yeah. Personally, even if I um, even if Jacket takes us up to the championship, I still think we should let him go. Personally, because I just I can't see him doing doing us doing well with us in the championship. I think we would need a new manager. I think he would be a bit out of his depth with our squad. So I, I think, think. Sorry, yeah. I think he is a good League One manager. You've seen in previous years him get. Millwall out of the division. You've seen Wolves get out of the division under Jacket, and they seem to struggle in the first season under him, and then he leaves. I think we've got he's got one year left on this deal. I don't see him whether we go up or not getting a new deal. I I don't understand how he could get a new deal, even if we walk the league and get maximum points. I I can't see it happening. I can, unfortunately. I think I think. Obviously, the owners think that it's only the minority that want Jack out, which is a bit frustrating. And I think the owners do fully back him regardless. So I think if he does walk the league, he will get a new deal, unfortunately. But if he doesn't, if we if we don't get promoted this year, then I think he's definitely gone for good. Yeah, I think with the owners, I think that's partially down to Catlin as well because it's his yeah his problem to then say to the to the owners that he's not performing well. If he's not saying that, it's down to him, and he needs to be held accountable for keeping Jacket in charge, not the owners, which may be in an, a slightly unpopular opinion, but because I've... Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I, think, I think that's fair. Uh, Hayden Miller says Lee Brown should be kept as he's a decent pro and he's good for the dressing room and Ben Close is disrespected, just isn't a Jacket player. 
Again, I don't think that's unpopular. I think that's a very good opinion, if anything. We said we talked about Ben Close being not a very jackable player. And then, yeah, I think Lee Brown is good for the dressing room. He's got the experience. He's won promotion with Bristol Rovers. He's won a playoff game. So he's, he's got the experience. I think we need that. Yes. I mean, if we can manage to get him on a deal, even if it is just for the year, he's very much a Kenny Jacket left back, you know. Yeah. Apart from the crossing ability, like we said, he is quality for this division. And if we do get up this year, we can obviously, he's not quite a championship player. Mm. But I think we we could definitely get in someone like potentially Seddon, especially if Birmingham go down with this minus 12 points that they might get. Yeah. And start next season. It's going to be tough for him next year. I mean, it's going to be tough for a lot of sides. I think it, it all really is dependent on the signings we make, whether he would want to stay on seeing the signings. It's the guarantee guarantee of game time for him. I mean, at the moment, there's no left, recognised left-back in the squad. He would be guaranteed first-team football every week without fail at this current stage. We'd have to bring in another left-back, I think, to at least challenge him, whether it is just someone from the youth side or... Mm. He brings in a left back like said now. If I don't see it happening, because I think the club have already said it's a bit too much that Birmingham are asking for. Yeah. But if we were to have brought him in, I think Brownie would have gone. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Not getting full game time at that point. Well, we are oh, we are linked with our Brighton left back, um, Alex Cochran, aren't we? But I'm not sure how I feel about this um, link because he is um, sort of. Um, He's had, he's, he hasn't had too much game time or experience youth, for any club. Player. I mean, he wouldn't. It would be good experience for him. I think it would be good to have at least a backup left back coming in. Mm. But he should be no more than a backup left back, left back that plays in the EFL Trophy or potentially yeah. against if we get non-league sides in the FA Cup, it'd be a good game for him. But Definitely. I don't see playing more than that. Definitely. Uh, next one, uh, Jack Hancock, another Ben Close one. <laughs> Seems to be the highlight of this podcast. Under the right manager, Ben Close is championship standard. Oh, I, I think, I think so, yeah. definitely. Definitely. I mean, if you can get a manager that can get him playing the right way, he will definitely keep improving, with, especially with his age. And, yeah, I think it's another for example, Matt Clark situation where if he does get start performing and start improving every week in, week out, like Matt Clark eventually did, because mm. he didn't quite at the start, he started to, once we won, the, won promotion, we came into League One, he started getting progressively better until he transcended us and obviously left. That could be what happens with Close if he does start picking up, because he's at that age now where he should be starting yeah. to get better and develop and if he does, then I think we could see him gone within the next few years if he does improve. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. A lot of the opinions aren't unpopular, to be fair. So, <laughs> But I think the next one is, definitely. Um, Russ says that I've got one. The fans clapping along to the Mike Oldfield Port song is awful and embarrassing. If we saw another club do that, we would laugh and call them Tim Pot. That's disgraceful. <laughs> That's... I mean, you see a lot of clubs do it. I mean, mm. City uh, City clap along to Blue Moon after games. I mean, yeah. you've got Chelsea clap along at the beginning of their games. I mean, 
you've got plenty of clapping along to bloody sea shanties. That's more Tim <laughs> than ours. Yeah, like, ours is just traditional cultural sort of like it's just tradition really. We do it all the time. Yeah, it's, but it's been song. brought up within the culture of the club. But it's yeah, it's part of the club now. Yeah, I think that's a very a very interesting one. And I think the last one from Ryan Castle is Andy Cannon is overrated and isn't the solution for the number 10 role. Oh. Well, Andy Cannon, I think, is personally one of our best players. Yes. One of our better ones. Definitely. I, 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 I think he is at least number three in the squad in terms of quality. Mm. And obviously still at a young age as well, I think. He, he is... In my opinion, working at a better level right now than some players like Marquis. Currently, obviously, Marquis, like we said, is in a tough system for him, and he has to, you know, adapt to it. Mm. So currently, I think he's working at a higher level. Andy Cannon. All right, he isn't. I can understand where the opinion has come from with him only scoring one or two goals, but yeah he gets he gets the assists he gets the pre assist he links everything together and you see when we take him out there's not the attacking from the front kind of intensity that we did have yeah definitely he's on the ball he's fast he's dribble he dribbles really well he just creates he just brings out he just brings out the best of the team he makes it more flowing he makes it more attacking free flowing he just he does he does maybe lack of them product i think he has he should have had a he should have more assists if it hasn't been Marquis from missing a few opportunities, maybe, or Harrison. I think if all of the opportunities were taken from Cannon's passes, he would have a lot more assists, I think. So I don't think that's personally his fault. But he, does, he yeah. works his socks off, and I, just, I, I, I really rate him highly. Yeah, I mean, you see in the playoff, the playoff semi-final at Fratton Park, he made the space, he ran into the channel, he let Curtis go round, and Curtis lays the ball off to Curtis. He gets the chance and he scores. I mean, mm. you know, he is, he makes the space for, like you say, Curtis Harness, for Marquis or Ellis, whoever is up top. And we do better with him. You, mm. Don't get me wrong, Evans is a great number 10 for the way we play. But he is more of a goal scorer. He takes the opportunities. He doesn't make as much space for everyone around him, which is really what number 10 should be doing, looking to get assists. You mm. should look in, be looking to get some goals, but you, you put Evans into a side, he probably gets 10, 10 goals if they're on a good run of form. Yeah. And you put him into a good run of form side, he may only get one goal, but he will make the space. He'll make everyone else get the goals, whereas Evans yeah. will take the opportunities himself. Definitely agree with that one. I think that's a very... It's an, it's an understandable opinion, but it's definitely unpopular in my eyes. I think most Paul, most Porter fans rate him, and reasonably so. I think was, I think his first game for the season was against Tranmere, and we weren't expecting much of him because obviously he was a bit of, he was a bit of a Bryn Morris at the time, obviously. But um, I think when we, when he when he did come on for Tranmere against Tranmere, he did he did play well and surprised us, and I think that was a really good game for him. I think my highlight game for him, I mean. You think back to the Wimbledon game where they were passing out from the back at, at Pratt and Park with the two centre halves in the box, and he's instantly straight on them, and that's how he got his goal there. I think it was a was it Wimbledon or Rochdale? Uh, MK Dunned, I think. Yeah, it was I one of those. That right man, down yeah. yeah, but yeah, they he's straight on them. He presses from the front and he 
he causes panic in the in the opposition defence and makes the chances. Definitely, yeah. But anyway, that is it, it for the unpopular opinions. I think I'll talk about a few more transfer rumours that's going through. So obviously, um, according to Pompey News now, we've been we've contacted Leicester over the potential signing of Josh Knight. Josh Knight spent a loan season at Peterborough last season, but obviously Josh Knight. So Josh Knight is a centre half, but I think Peterborough played him in CDM uh, position yeah, last season. Yeah. I mean, it gives us options. I mean, we definitely need a centre half in currently because with Raggett not officially signed you're right he is training and he looks like he will sign but until that's over the line you can't count your chickens I mean bringing him in that means we've got three centre halves or potentially if you want to play him as a defensive midfielder next to Naylor like we had in, so we've got then Cannon as a midfielder we've got Evans we've got uh, Close um, Morris and Naylor that's five Five midfielders potentially. Then, if you bring in McGeehan, you got six. You mm. definitely will help the squad out. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think it will just add us more options. And he, he's proven he's he's rated. I think by the Leicester fans, he's rated by Leicester. He looks pro- he's a promising youngster. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be a really good signing, and it would show some ambition from the board, which we obviously feel like they lack at the moment. So I think it would be a good step forward if we do sign him. Yeah. I think oh. it would be a good sign, and mm. not just for, like you say, the quality that he has on the pitch, which he did show for Peterborough. But like you say, he's versatile. He can play as a defensive midfielder, a centre half. It gives us options when players get injured or suspended, and and if we do sign enough players that he can be a versatile player and not have to play one position, that is that is perfect for us at the moment. Mm. We all know Jackie does like a versatile player, so I think. It will, it will work for Jackie as well as it will for our team. We've had a few rubbish rumours, obviously. So, obviously, Twitter was going crazy about um, Richie Smallwood being linked with us. But I think that is, it's just been reported that all the, all the rumours are fake. Yeah. I've, I wouldn't see him quite fitting in. I mean, he's another... I get, he was very good in that season that Blackburn went up. But I just... We've got Naylor. We've got yeah. Close. We've got potentially McGee. And we've got, you know... Morris, I don't think we need another midfielder. It's not the position we need to be looking for right now. It's definitely, definitely a centre-half, potentially a left-back as a backup, because you think right-back, with obviously McCrory going back from his loan, we've got just Bolton, potentially Minogue, if, he, if they start bleeding him into the squad a bit more as well. Um, other than that, I don't think we really need any other position, because you think wingers we've got on the right side, Williams and Hardis, you've got on the left, you've got Rico and Curtis. Mm. And Rico can play up top. Marquis, Marquis and Arison as well up top. We've got two players in almost every position. We just need centre-halves and a left-back. Yeah, definitely agree with that one. I think, yeah, I think, as you said about Minogu, I think he'd, he's been training with the first team I've, I've seen. He does look promising, so I think he could be our perfect backup, and even he could even... If when we play the Czech trade games or competitions, he could prove to be a very good player. I mean, you see him play. He played last year in the Czech trade group games. I mean, he's been playing in that competition within the group games. Once it gets to knockout, he start, Kenny starts putting out a stronger side. Then obviously, yeah. obviously successful in the final and another final to come. 
it works. It gets him game time. It gets him bleeding into the squad a bit more. I'd like to see him potentially play in a few more knockout games. Potentially, yeah. if, you know, we might have to play him if Bolton does pick up the knock or if he gets suspended and we don't bring in another fullback. Yeah, you know, we'd have to see him play. Especially mm. if we only sign Lee Brown as a left back. We've got no uh fullback cover for either side. Minoga would have to play if either of them get a knock. Yeah, so yeah, definitely I think we do need as you said, another fullback. So I think if that Alex Cochran guy does join us, I think I think it'll be a good signing because we obviously do need a left back. Obviously Seddon's preferred, but don't see it happening, do we? No, maybe I maybe another loan, they, maybe. But they said about another loan. I think Birmingham said they don't want to send them on another loan. Then quoted something like three and a half to four million. Mm. Uh, it's just not worth it for a player. All right, he is quality and he can put a good ball in, but yeah. I think it's not worth it in this division to be spending that much money. If it was the other way around, where we're buying in the championship from them in League One. Definitely, it's worth the three to four million, especially with the money you get from going up. You know, mm. it would be worth it at that point. But right now, I don't see it being worth it at that price. Definitely, definitely. I think that's a good time to conclude this podcast. So, um, thank you very much for coming on, Sam. It's been a pleasure. No problem. I'll have to have to come on. Yeah, it's been it's been good to have you. I'll probably definitely uh, message you again to come on again because why not? Yeah. But anyway, thank you guys for watching this podcast. It's been a pleasure. Peace out. Oh, wait, no. Uh.